Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first-year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help others employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation, we discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. You're listening to the Everything Podcast, podcast episode seven. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Nicole. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to talk about today's topic. Our topic for today is why you should moderate an after-school club and how to do it effectively. And you are a bit of an expert on this topic, if, <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is my second year running a club at our high school, and... I will say that I've learned a lot in those two years of running the club. So I definitely am excited to share some of what I've learned and what I've experienced at the high school level today. Excellent. And though I have not run a club, I am definitely very involved in after-school activities. I used to coach two sports, one in the fall and one in the spring. I've cut it down to just one sport, um, but it is, it's super rewarding and also very time-consuming. <laughs> Whatever it is that you're working on with your students after school, a sport, a club, an activity, a drama production, whatever it is, getting involved is wonderfully important. And it's something that we're going to talk a little bit about today as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, why did you first start moderating the club? I was involved in my Spanish club when I was a high schooler. And I remember it was an opportunity for me to learn about culture that I didn't learn in the traditional classroom setting. And I think that was one of the main reasons that I started to kind of latch on to clubs in general, because mm -hmm. I realized from there that it was sort of a springboard to try other things. And I was very involved in a lot of other activities after school as well. So I think it, it inspired me when I was a, a student. And I think with that, I just wanted to continue on. I think that it's a great opportunity for you to find another part of the community within your school and to allow students uh, another safe space to come and join and learn. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really look fondly back at my time in both clubs and sports in high school because it was, it was a really different group of kids. If I was at my varsity volleyball game and then I could run either before or after to an academic decathlon meeting or an FBLA meeting. It was an entirely different group that I was with. And I know that even during my job interview process, I was asked about what I could bring to the table in terms of either coaching or moderating something after school. 100%. I was a recent college grad and had a couple things on from early college experiences, and then even a couple things from my high school, what I had done during my high school experience and, and sort of what I plan to do at my future high school employment. Mm -hmm. And I remember almost kicking myself because I had a lot on there that I wasn't prepared to take on as a moderator or a, a leader. And um, now that I've really started to gain my footing, I, I think it's it's been a really nice thing to be able to moderate the Spanish culture club at my school. And I, I do think you're alluding to something really important. Not all clubs or after-school activities are created equal. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Um, for example, I know when I was in high school, I was one of the editors of our school newspaper. 
And if I were a first year teacher, even if I was really passionate about writing, like I still am, I'm not sure that that's the first club I would decide to moderate. I think it takes just being able to really grasp the responsibilities of moderating a club, understanding what maybe the previous moderator has been able to share with you, or if perhaps it's a new club to your school, which we're not really going to touch on too much if you're creating a club for the first time, really trying to grasp what the responsibilities would be. And I do think that uh, when you're talking about sports, it kind of goes into its own category, because if you're talking about the high school level, sports are going to meet every day. You're talking about two hours of practice every day as standard uh, part of your routine while you're in season. There might be off-season workouts that you have to think about and consider as well. Um, and it doesn't just mean because it's something that's athletic. I know some schools have a competitive dance team, but there's also a dance club and those have very, very different requirements. So mm -hmm. making sure that it's not just an area that you feel good about, but that you can truly like dedicate that amount of time to with your expectations and the school's expectations, really important. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And speaking of the students, I think that one of the most important things to prioritize is making sure that you as the moderator are willing and eager to delegate to the students and selecting the right students to delegate to. It's so true. So when I was a first year moderator, just trying this out for the first time, I was meeting with the students. I had close to 40 students in a club meeting. It was a lot. And yeah. I was doing my best to set an agenda to create some of the activities that we would do and I would hear from them and we would meet two times a month. So I would do my best to incorporate what they had asked for, what they were excited about, what they were interested mm -hmm. in into every meeting. And that went fine. But in this, this school year, I took the, a very different approach. So um, at our first meeting, we selected some of the potential candidates for our leadership team. And I know a lot of clubs, you know, it vary across different high schools, middle schools, whatever. But for the most part, there's usually a leadership team involving a yeah. president, vice president, right? So this was pretty standard practice. I took this a little bit more seriously this year. And of course, students had to deliver a speech. They had to talk about what they were passionate about in terms of how it relates to the club and all of that, which was great and fine. But more than that, after the students voted, I've been meeting with my quote, leadership team on mm -hmm. a pretty regular basis because the idea is that you are a moderator, right? You're not meant to be driving what's going on in the club. And yeah. I think that was what sort of caused me some extra stress and maybe caused some of the students to lose interest. Mm -hmm. And it was more what I wanted and what I thought was Maybe I, I think in a lot of cases, I was sort of mimicking a lesson, which yes. wasn't yeah. really what they were looking for. <laughs> so, Without a doubt. Um, yeah, because that's what I'm comfortable with, right? I imagine that your club meets in the same classroom where you teach every day. Exactly. Yep. Students are sitting in student desks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I close the door when I right. believe it's time to get started and everything about it. Yeah, it's, it really is so, it's very familiar to me. So that's right. really, I've sort of had to shake things up and just let go a bit and mm -hmm. let go in the sense that I, I'm not setting the agenda. I'm not creating the tasks that we're doing, but I've yeah. been extremely hands-on in the way that I prepare with the students. So what I mean by that is mm -hmm. with my quote, leadership team, we're working together and I have them come to my classroom and we try and determine a theme or a topic that we'd like to discuss for our upcoming meetings. So nice. just for a quick example, um, mm -hmm. Hispanic Heritage Month, it was, um, during the month of September and October. So with this, um, it's early enough in the year where 
I really rely on this leadership team to sort of drive these goals here. In the future, I'd like to get some more feedback from the members of the club. But for now, Mm -hmm. you know, I worked with this leadership team to figure out, okay, this is our our goal, our topic, whatever we'd like to discuss. How can we create activities that are, number one, exciting to students, (laughs) interesting to them, and things that you can create? So, of course, as we've talked about before, everyone loves Kahoot. So we created a (laughs) Kahoot game. (laughs) They were all over that, Mm -hmm. Um, all about Hispanic heritage and culture, which was great. They were able to bring pieces from pop culture and from even their family background. Um, of course, you know, another element to the after school clubs, everybody wants food. So we had a student who asked another to work together to cook tamales and bring those into the Spanish culture club. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, just to kind of wrap things up, we had a, a short video clip about Hispanic Heritage Month. Those are some activities that I worked with the leadership team to create in advance. So that wasn't happening from me and my computer (laughs) a couple days before. This is with them. And I think that it allowed for a much more effective meeting and students seem to really enjoy it. And I think a lot of people, a valuable takeaway that they can get from your story, no matter what club that they are moderating, is that turning power over to the students is a really, really effective way in order to save yourself some time, but also to give the students some ownership over the club. That's just going to make them more motivated. And especially if you're teaching at the high school level, all of the, especially upperclassmen are thinking about their, I know our school calls them their brag sheets for what they're going to give the people who are gonna write their letters of recommendation. They Mm -hmm. want to have those leadership positions on those, you know, quote unquote resumes, if yes. you will. Yeah. So you're a little bit nervous about like handing over the reins, more than likely you're going to have a lot of people eager to jump at the chance of getting some sort of leadership position in that club. And sometimes they even surprise you with things that you wouldn't have come up with because they're more motivated and they can say they were the first ones mm. to do that at yes. your school. I know that as a college student, I was really interested in making sure that I could leave my name on a few things that we didn't have at that college before. And I knew that it would help me to stand out when I was looking at jobs later down the line. You're absolutely right. It was a really nice thing to see so many students take ownership. And Um, One other thing that I do just want to point out, I feel like most people, when they think about the like, quote unquote, leadership team, think about just all the standard president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, but you can make it whatever you want it to be or whatever you need it to be. So if you have more kids or want to get more kids involved, uh, if you have a social media manager for your club or whatever else, Um, I know our student council, for example, they play music on Fridays during the school year and they need somebody to curate all of those lists. So Mm -hmm. they have somebody whose job it is in order to manage that. And it can be that kind of thing. You're, you're the moderator, you're in charge and you can make as many leadership positions as you want, or you feel like are needed in order to best serve your club. Completely, completely. So I feel that for most clubs, um, twice monthly meetings are pretty standard practice. Would you say that's been your experience as well, Danielle? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, each school is going to have their own requirements. And depending on what club it is, 
again, it yeah. might have far more meetings. So with that, I mean, twice a month and mm-hmm. you're meeting for almost every school month, you're yeah. able to accomplish a lot. So mm-hmm. at least in the beginning of the year, I do my best to set goals with my leadership team and with my entire group as a whole. Mm-hmm. And with that, we do a lot of fundraising. So mm-hmm. we do our best to identify at least two different organizations that we are interested in supporting. Mm-hmm. And I don't just choose those out of a hat. I have my leadership team come up with that particular list. So at our early meetings, I have my leadership team create a list of top however many, and then they present just a short little snippet about each one and mm-hmm. some of the benefits of supporting them and how exactly we can go through with that. And uh, when you're talking about fundraising and the finances, that also reminds me, if you're in charge of a club or a sport, you're probably also in charge of the budget. Yes, that is true. Of course, we have our, our secretary on our leadership team. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, yes, you give this person as many responsibilities as you deem appropriate, but mm-hmm. there is a certain amount of overhead <laughs> That goes into that where, of course, I'm I'm working with them and also with the liaison in the business office or HR department at our school where, you know, having that student have that interaction with that adult, I think is also really powerful. And I can recall last year, a number of the fundraisers that we had, I know in previous years, okay, the moderator takes the funds, brings Mm -hmm. them here, counts, does all this. And I had my students very involved with this, you know, students were interacting with the principal, vice principal, involved with counting the money, distributing the money, which it seems like a small task. And yeah, in many ways it is. But I think that that type of dynamic is really important and definitely isn't something that they're doing frequently. And making sure that when you are selecting the students that are going to serve in those leadership positions, they understand that the secretary and treasurer are so responsible for these really, really big items, right? So the secretary might be the one who is in charge of communicating with whoever your business administrator is or your vice principal, whoever needs to approve these types of things. Um, The treasurer being the one to make sure that they are keeping the funds. Maybe they're the ones that are setting the prices at your bake sale or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you guys are doing, things like that. Absolutely, yeah. So it's, it's something that I think, again, setting that from the early early points in the meetings is, is really important. And I can recall another instance where we had an idea of a fundraiser that we'd like to do. And I think my initial instinct was, okay, I'll email the principal, I'll get approval, we'll move forward. Instead, mm-hmm. I had students give a presentation <laughs> to the principal. Yeah. And the principal was approved this, you know, when I had interacted with them, and they asked that this be conducted in Spanish, which I thought was great. So yeah. although this person didn't quite speak Spanish, it was something that the effort was there. They wanted to hear mm-hmm. from the students and they wanted that, uh, that dynamic. And I thought that was so wonderful. I remember the students were quite intimidated, <laughs> but sure. again, it's something that they just don't have a lot of exposure to. And I think it's great. And it makes them realize that they're not just doing this for you. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's the equivalent of presenting to your, your boss's boss, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that without these types of opportunities, without getting involved in after school extracurriculars, they just wouldn't necessarily have access. It's not something you could just do during the regular course of your school day. <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about 
the importance of making sure that we give students leadership roles. We've talked about the importance of keeping that fundraising on track, keeping that budget on track. Um, how do you get students involved to begin with? <laughs> how, how do you get those 40 students? <laughs> so advertising is a big part of this. And depending on how your school accomplishes this, whether you have some type of morning announcement, you have a newsletter that goes out, and I do my best to communicate to my own classes, to talk to other teachers within mm -hmm my department and across the school. This club is open to anyone, not necessarily a Spanish student or a Spanish speaker. This is mm -hmm. for the entire school. So just doing your best to really get the word out is, of course, the first thing on your list when it comes to getting this club started. And I know that I always do my best to talk up other clubs. So if I know that someone is moderating a club, especially if it's a club that may not be particularly popular, it might be a, a harder sell for whatever reason, um, I definitely make sure that with every class, I kind of advertise it to them. Mm -hmm. And I am either explaining the advantages of that club, explaining how I actually participated in a similar club or that exact club when I was in high school, or just talking up that particular teacher. Yeah. Because a lot of times the students will join just because you're the one in charge of it. Yep, definitely. Another great opportunity that I like to use to talk about clubs is any kind of parent interaction that I have, whether it's back mm -hmm. to school night or parent-teacher conferences. I can remember on a few different occasions where I had parents come in discussing how their student was struggling in one way or another, whether it was socially, academically. And that's always the first question that I ask whenever I talk to parents about how mm -hmm. their student isn't quite fitting or they're not quite getting their, their footing in the school is I talk about how are they involved, right? What's, what are the ways that they're immersing themselves in the community and the culture? And I think that can be said in any stage of your life, right? Really being able to be involved in something and, and make those connections with people is so important. And I think that when students are struggling with time management, a lot of people assume that it's because they're overscheduled in some way. And I think sometimes it's also potentially the exact opposite. Completely. I remember my highest grades were during marching band season when I was in high school. I was yeah. the busiest I ever was, but I did the best. And I, I know that when I'm talking to parents, I frequently let them know that I am a coach. So that way they understand that I get that you need to balance both athletics and academics. And I do value both. And sometimes they're like, oh, really? And they're, they're just so surprised. They're just taken off guard. And it, some of them might have seen me in person. Some of them might not have. But I think that that is something that they don't necessarily assume that their son's English teacher is also doing at the school. Mm -hmm. So in terms of why you should get involved with moderating club, yeah, it's great for you in the job interview process. It's great for you to kind of like stand out at the school and show how much you care and how much you're involved. But also, like you're saying, it's great when it comes to parent interactions as well. Completely, completely. So the biggest challenge that I faced in my mm -hmm. after school club is getting students to come. <laughs> yeah, That's the biggest challenge is they have other commitments, sports, what mm -hmm. other clubs, other yeah. activities. And it is a big challenge to get students to stay consistently within our schedule. So with that, I do my best to really involve technology at this point. I think that some people who may now be sold for the first time on moderating a club are thinking to themselves, but this sounds like a lot of time even outside the club. So with these 
four tools that we're going to talk about. I think it's just ways that we're really saving time. Um, we're making our lives a little bit more efficient and we're making the club run more smoothly for both ourselves and our students. So I use many different resources to help keep my students on track. And mm -hmm. we've mentioned a couple of times that we do have a one-to-one -one ratio of technology in our school. So students do have those devices with them. I also mm -hmm. allow them to use their cell phone if they need. But with that, um, I use a QR code to mm -hmm. display on the screen so that students can scan and it opens a Google form, which is what allows them to sign in and sign out. And I've got to give Danielle props for this one because she taught <laughs> me how to do this and it's totally changed my world. Um, but this Google form is awesome because I can set whatever questions I would like for them. And mm -hmm. it gives me an opportunity to maintain this electronic documentation of who's in, who's out, when and where. Mm -hmm. And I can submit this to my supervisor who's yeah. supervising me, supervising a club, which is right. great. And it allows for that transparency. I know that even when I go to my department meetings, when there's a sign-in sheet, I can barely read other people's names because people just sign in however they sign yep. in. <laughs> oh, hey, so, can you sign in for me? <laughs> also true. So you don't have to deal with the mess of like decoding students' handwriting, especially if it's students that you don't know. If you have them sign in using that QR code that leads to a Google form. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a little bit more, you know, systematized. They know exactly what to do every time they come to your club meeting, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Even though it's not a formal lesson, there's still structure. They know what to expect as soon as they get to their seats. Completely. And every time they come in, they're like, oh, the QR scan. Everyone knows, <laughs> which <laughs> I love. Knows. Which leads us to our second resource, which mm -hmm. is, again, a Google form. So having students either use that same scan or perhaps making a new one mm -hmm. where I like to create different questions. And I mentioned before how I'm meeting with my leadership team to set different agendas for our meetings. And with that, we have maybe some follow-up questions, a survey. When I mentioned the different fundraisers that the students are presenting on, that would be an opportunity where I would ask students to please scan in, write their mm -hmm. name, and vote for the, the fundraiser or for the charity that they would like to yeah. support. So with that, again, it's another way to systematize exactly what we're getting at. And it just allows for a lot more transparency. I love being able to see the results. I actually display the results immediately on the screen so students can see, oh, okay, I voted for this and I didn't get it. Here we go. And mm -hmm. it's just a great way to move about the agenda. Yeah. I, I think that that word transparency so important because I think sometimes students don't quite believe that their choice Yes, <laughs> was, was not the top choice. Yes, and now there there is no question, and it's immediate. Um, I know I really like using Google Forms when it's something that I need to make sure that people are responsible for bringing different things. So, for example, at the end of our volleyball season, uh, sometimes we've had our like volleyball team banquet out at a restaurant where the students and parents will like purchase tickets, but some other years we've actually hosted at the school and it's more of like a potluck. And in that case, I'll send a Google form out and they have to sign up with exactly what they're bringing mm -hmm. so that way we don't have to worry about duplicates. We don't have to worry about anything like that. And I know exactly how many people are coming. So it's um, one player plus one sibling and one parent. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do the same thing for the bake sales, mm -hmm. right? I am bringing this and I actually have the students also list of the ingredients that are in the baked goods. That's a, a huge, wise. yes, that's something we need to consider, especially in 
even in a high school setting, middle school setting, mm-hmm. whatever setting you're in, that's a definitely a important note there. Yeah. Our third resource that we like to talk about is just quickly um, when it comes to fundraising. Uh, I use something in my own meetings, but there are so many different things out there that I essentially accomplish the same thing. I use what's called Fundometer, uh-huh. F-U-N-D-O-M-E-T-E-R, which is just a thermometer that allows you to track your savings and it gives students a visual representation of how much they've collected. Mm-hmm. And it just, I think it's a, a cute way to get students feeling motivated and to maintain that transparency, Danielle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I don't think we should underestimate how much those little like visual cues can do for some people. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's great. And especially if you're talking about a club, fundraising is one of those things that you almost can't get around. There's yeah. some way your club is doing this. The very last resource is the app Remind. Oh, that's my favorite. It's your favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. I love it. Danielle, again, turned me on to this one. It allows for a teacher to sit behind a, a safety wall where they are able to communicate with students either via text or via email. And again, it's an academic tool. It's safe. You're not actually texting a student. Right. Instead, it's it's a very safe way of communicating, but it allows for that real-time communication. It allows for students to get any information, updates. It mm-hmm. actually allows for you to send images, to send files. I love this tool. I find that email sometimes just isn't fast enough for the communication mm-hmm. that I need for students. I know they have their phones. I know that they have this And you know ability. they're not checking their email. <laughs> it's true. So I love using Remind. And we'll, of course, link to all of these four resources in our show notes. Yeah. Remind is so cool because they receive it as if it's a text message, but you don't have their number and they don't have your number at any point. Exactly what you want. It mm-hmm. was designed for schools and coaches. It's literally their mission. Um, I got into using Remind when I was coaching softball. If you're doing an outdoor sport, it is essential to be able to communicate with your team based on what the weather is doing. (laughs) Thunder, get inside. (laughs) (laughs) Thunder, get inside. (laughs) You're absolutely right, though. I mean, um, if you are doing anything where those types of weather conditions or whatever else really might make the entire agenda change from outdoor to indoor practice, or maybe they can't even have indoor practice anymore because there's no gym space. So they, they can go home on their buses. But if you weren't able to get that message to those students right away, now they have to wait until their parents can come pick them up. It just saves so much time and stress. Um, and now you also don't have maybe the members of your club or the um, players on your team emailing you at mm. all times because mm-hmm. just like the students aren't checking their email 24 seven, hopefully neither are you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I, I like it for that reason. And also I think that it's a great way to make sure that again, the ownership is on the player or the member of the club and not the parent who is right. trying to contact you. I think a parent is way more likely to send you an email than the student is but if it's already on their phone the student feels way more comfortable and says like we are meeting at 2 30 right a few people are asking and i've heard it might be 2 45 today or whatever the case might be completely thank you for that danielle i think that just about wraps it up i think so too 
Yeah. Well, I think really the main thing that we'd like to express here about why you should moderate an after-school club and how to do it effectively, what it really comes down to is being prepared, just like anything else related to teaching, right? Being able to come in with that objective, what it is that you'd like to accomplish and why you want to be the moderator of that club, whatever your inspiration might be, and whatever you've learned about it that would allow you to feel like maybe I can bring something better to the table or something new. And with that, as you mentioned so perfectly, Danielle, it's less about what you're driving home to the students. You want to step back, give students that sense of ownership. They are the focus. Yeah. So come prepared. Make sure you delegate and make sure you use technology and you will have a very successful club moderating year. I love it. Thanks so much, Danielle. Thank you too. And thanks for sharing all of your experience in particular with the Spanish club at school. Thank you. Talk to you soon. You too. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.